0: And now a quick note from our sponsor. What's the number one piece of jewelry, maybe besides your wedding band, that you wear every day? I don't know about you, but for me, it's earrings. No matter how busy I am, I put a pair of earrings on every day. And I keep an extra pair in my purse for earring emergencies because let's face it, we are all super busy. Try the Complete Luxury Earring of the Month Club, where you will receive one pair of earrings every month. The whole idea of the Earring of the Month Club is to build an earring wardrobe for you to have a variety of earrings, no matter what the occasion, no matter what your mood, you will have earrings to wear with your outfit. Many of our customers tell us they would not have picked out some of the earrings, but love them. And once they put them on, they wear them all the time. For your earring of the month club experience, go to completeluxurybox.com forward slash earrings. That's completeluxurybox.com forward slash earrings with an S. Welcome to Multiple Revenue Streams, the podcast for anyone who wants to start a side hustle business owners who wish to expand, entrepreneurs who build brands, and moms who build empires. I'm your host, Linda Payan, and I'm here to encourage you to keep going, do the little things every day, and start building a revenue stream that you are proud of. Please sit back, relax, grab your sparkling water, and let's find it. Hello, MRS listeners. We are thrilled today to have Marnie Ratner on the MRS podcast. Marnie is the owner of Universal Space. She's a voice teacher, a breathwork coach, and a professional actor. Her latest product is a compilation of everything she stands for called The Love Museum. Marnie graduated from the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley and is certified in yoga, meditation, and much more. She lives in Olney with her teenage son and her 15-year-old dog, Gibson. Welcome, Marnie. Thanks so much. Gibson would be horrified. Gibson's 11. My son is 15.
1: So they're really oh, okay. fun. they're kind of interchangeable and they both function as this this <laughs> nice little, uh, they're a good unit together.
0: Wonderful. So glad to have you here.
1: Me too. Thank you.
0: I'd like to have the listeners learn a little bit more about you. First of all, just tell us your journey from school to working for someone else and then going to work for yourself. What was that like and why did you start working for yourself?
1: I've never actually been asked that question before. I went to school. I was a returning student. So I went back to college in my early 20s. I wanted to be a musical theater star or soap opera actress. So I went to the Boston Conservatory, straight to New York. So you're working for multiple bosses and different styles for each kind of show, each kind of person who hires you, the jobs are Drastically different. And I loved that, but there's still a real entrepreneurial spirit to be a performer because you have to manage everything yourself and self motivate and make your own planning and what's your own PR system. And we we didn't have websites back then when I was in the New York, the USA scene. I did a lot of traveling, is what I'm trying to say. Then I came home after 9 11. I was in New York. I came back to the Washington, D.C. area and I needed a job. So I started working for a small music a company and it is probably where i learned my second set of most important skills on how to be an entrepreneur because i started creating programming for them and helped blow up that company to we got to about 500 families multiple locations and it was super creative so i was working for somebody but i was really self motivated to create a really good product and i had the wonderful opportunity of having a great staff with me great owners And great mentors helping me teach how do you teach early childhood music and understanding a human being, like the developmental stages of a human being. But it had this entrepreneurial spirit to it because some woman created, Lisa Flaxman created this company called Music Kids. I eventually left that job and I never went and worked for anybody else ever again. Some of it was I just couldn't figure out how to work a nine to five honestly, never have. I couldn't figure out how not to invest my intelligence and my creativity into a product. So I never looked a different way. I've done a lot of collaborations. I've done a lot of short-term jobs to create an event or an experience. But then I decided it was going to all be about me. What are these gifts that I learned in theater school? What are these gifts I learned in teaching early childhood music? And what do people really need in this world? And then pop, COVID. So the last three years is truly figuring out how to create, how was I going to bring in revenue for myself? How was I going to be entrepreneurial, but I think of it more solopreneurial. I look at I like small things and how to create a better world for me. So it seems to be working. So I'm thumbs up right now. That awesome. is my journey.
0: That's fantastic. We'll start first with Universal Space. So why yeah. don't you share a little bit about who you help and why you started it.
1: So Universal Space was a conversation over Mexican food with a friend. We we're partnering to create a company that would serve Anybody who wanted to go on a spiritual journey, again, this is pre-pandemic, finding themselves, midlife transitions, how to bring in a more global and celestial view at living in the Washington, D.C. area, because that's who we thought our clients would be. She left and decided not to pursue this, and she went back to her nine-to-five job. So Universal Space was born. What I do since then is I help people find the most easeful way to get through life. So as a theater trained actor, singer, dancer, I am quite fluent in the body language, anatomy, physiology, what pain is, what is living at our limits. These are incredibly valuable skills when I'm working with a client, whether they're 10 years old or 80 years old. And my clients go from 10 to 80. Now remember, I taught early childhood music. So I actually taught babies in utero moms to sing to their babies. So the skills are just incredibly repetitive. It doesn't matter what I do. I, I pull on the same ideologies and philosophies. So I was talking about body language, but the theater school taught me how to talk through and understand linguistics. What are people saying? Why are people saying it? What is the motivation behind someone's actions? When you group those together, how the body feels and what the body is sharing verbally and physically, everything opens up. So I work with voice students. So kids, teens, adults who want to sing better or speak better, but all of us want to communicate better. I work with kids, teens, and adults who want to feel better. So we use the communication and making sound and making movement to get to that objective. Whatever the objective is, the pedagogy The experience is the same. I just have to be a detective. So my theater skills, my dramaturge skills, my ability to understand a script comes into play is what is the person sitting in front of me? What's going to work the best for them? So all of my clients, what they all have in common, and I call them students and clients, depending on how they want to be referred to, because some people want me to help them. And some people want me to teach them. We all lean on the same basic skills, feel better in our body, feel better in our spirit, and learn to control the nervous system. That is the continuity through all of it. That's what universal space does. Everybody has the right to feel good in their body. Everybody has the right to be loved. That's it.
0: That's beautiful. I was looking at some of your content on social media and I have to share this quote because I thought it was beautiful. It says a simple shift in awareness gave her the softness and gentleness that she craved most in life, peace and calm around her family. Breathwork is so much more than in and out, and I really love that. And i I would love for you to share a little bit more about that.
1: Absolutely! Wow, you were you were a good year ago, <laughs> at least. It was. Um, <laughs> thank you. So that was a gift to me because I'm like, wait, oh, I wrote that. Like everybody else, we've all had a lot of pain in our life and a lot of suffering and a lot of experience. Most of us tend to believe it happened to us, that our pain and experiences happened to us, that we are the receiver of some kind of suffering, some kind of ill will, some kind of bad luck. I'm divorced. I am live by myself. I mean, I live with my son, but I, I'm solo. And my divorce was a huge pivot, pretty intense, pretty shocking. It was the biggest blessing that knocked my world into forward motion. Don't wish it on anybody, but I'm still so grateful that my life went the way that it did and everybody's okay. What I learned in that first stage of healing, that my nervous system was hijacked. I had no control over myself. I didn't look like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I wasn't communicating as myself. And through some incredible experiences that were really personal, I started to feel myself come back online, like just started getting closer, less blown up, less erratic, less emotional, and just really smart. Like I'm like, holy curse word. I think I know who I am. I had information all the way because I was talented and lucky and, and well-loved from a great family, but it was suddenly this information was mine. And I remember saying to myself is if my body can be at ease, I can learn better, I can learn better, I can do more. And during the pandemic, the early, early, early stages of the pandemic, I reacquainted with one of my best teachers, Angela Ditch in Canada, and I decided I was going to follow her teachings and learn the ins and outs of breathwork. I didn't know what breathwork was. I knew what pranayama was. I was a yoga teacher. I knew what pranayama did. I understood what happens in the body, but I really didn't understand the science. I didn't understand the physiology and the importance and the continuity and the power of being in control of in and out. Because what I learned and what I'll share with your audience, the power of in and out is the ability to control your mindset, your body point, what you're feeling. It is how you slow yourself down. It's how you speed yourself up and maybe roll yourself out of it. But it is where all choice making lives and all transmuting of power lives. The transitions live in in and out. And uh, I was practicing today because I kind of had a 360. You know, I always practice my craft is what I'm trying to say. I always practice my craft. I don't let it sit for too long without going back in, relearning. I go to my original teachers. I, everything, my body work, my yoga, my personal training, my breath work. I go to my teachers, make sure I'm authentic, make sure I'm doing the job right. So what happens when we breathe because of where the nerve endings are and how the chemical reactions are and the the muscle reactions are to breathing in and out. It's the only thing that really drives everything. We can go several days without eating. We can go several years being upset, but we can't go a few minutes without breathing. Breathing to me is the light to the candle. I breathe every day, you breathe every day, but I consciously breathe every day to feel good. I've seen the powers, I've seen the shifts, I've seen what has happened for me through this work. And I see how every other sphere of my life, how I love, how I see the world, how I teach, how I connect with students, how I translate information, how I bring in, you know, energy bigger than than thyself and, and make it into English. I rely on my breath.
0: That's fascinating to me. It's a fascinating subject. Highly misunderstood exactly because like what you're saying i'm just i'm taking it all in can you share a transformation with one of your students or clients like i would love to yes <laughs> no one asked me about my students
1: let me share two quick stories and they're so fantastic that they might not feel believable but they're true a huge population of the kids who come to me especially in my only studio since i'm in the washington dc area i have two studios my 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 home studio in Maryland. I tend to have a lot of kids who are on the spectrum, are what I call red flagged. Uh, they have high intensity lives, they a, a tremendous amount of stress. Who doesn't? But that's why they come. So they're seeking help, they're seeking support, they're seeking a mom figure, a friend figure who is not their mom or their friend, but someone who shows up as love to them. So I just had a kid who is not atypical in this world, born to a female expression, but has chosen to live in a masculine expression, going to a school that is trying to be progressive, but everybody's slow and it's, it's awkward and it's weird who said, and I think this is a fantastic story. I'm only going to try out for the male parts at my school because it's already complicated enough. I want them to see me male. I'm going to try out for the male part. I have no problem playing a girl in anywhere else, but at school, it's complicated. My school doesn't really understand this. It's actually kind of difficult for the parent to understand it because this child is still born with the voice they were given. This teen chose to be trained with the voice that they're given. It's a soprano, a beautiful, gorgeous, stunning, incredibly gifted instrument that sings high notes with a piercing sound, beautiful, fabulous, musical theater sound, but I would like to play the male. And this was hard. They got the part. It was the biggest emotional release for everybody around that the kid, not only did the kid get what they deserved, that the parent was also assured it's possible, most importantly, or least importantly, depending on how you look at this issue, most important or least important, the teacher said yes. The teacher chose the kid.
0: Really powerful.
1: Really powerful. Really powerful. The kid needed a win. The kid had lots of wins, but life is hard. Life is a little complicated for this person because for multiple reasons, I mean, We sneeze in threes. We have injuries happen in threes. So do struggles in school happen in threes or fours or fives or whatever. We could use a win. So that was a huge win for me. Not to say I'm going to toot my own horn right now. Of both of my studios, I had about 10 kids try out for leads and nine of them got leads. Wow. So something happens, something happens, understanding how the body and the mind and the voice and the energy all weave together. It isn't just about the notes we sing. It's, it's what we're singing. It's what we're communicating. And it's how we breathe when we sing, not just good supported breath, emotional communication breath. Breath is a form of communication. Second story, a 30 year old person with cerebral palsy came for life coaching. I don't advertise that I'm a life coach because to me, it's all the same. I'm not a certified life coach. I work with your soul. I work with your spirit. I work with your body. I work with your communication. You call it what you want. Came for life coaching and she would draw as we would work. But she, as a child, decided she was never going to use a walker or crutches. So she would come in here and have her interesting gait, the way she uses her body. And we'd sit and draw. And then I'd eventually put her on an energy table, a Reiki table, a massage table, do body work on her. And it was the first time that it came through for me. Just hold on. So people who have neurological or muscular disorders, the feet are tender points. You touch a foot, they respond. Honestly, if I touch your foot, it would respond too, but you have the ability to control it. So I would touch her feet and they would flex. So I said you really want to walk really bad and I can feel the lines of her body because I have a lot of experience through the body lines. I, again, a lot more modalities that I'm trained in. I'm a Reiki master, but I do a lot of other things that are hands-on in the fascia, in the skin, in the energy body. And I'm working on her and I'm working on the feet. So back to the first time, and I looked at her two feet and left foot and right foot had different personalities. And instantly I said, soul, souls of the feet are your souls. Soles of your feet physiologically have a tremendous, a lot more nerve endings than the rest of your body. Your soles of your feet, the palms of your hands, your tongue, your belly button, your eyes, a lot of nerve endings, your your groin, a lot of nerve endings, tongue. So soles of your feet, and I'm in her feet, and I said, can we name your feet? They're not getting any love. They've been working so hard for you. I'm holding them. I'm in holds, in tactical holds. Tactical sounds rough. I might have been rough. So she picked two names of two positive experiences. One ended up being her car, her first car, a little VW bug, if I remember correctly. No, it was a little Honda Civic, the old, like 1990s Honda Civic. Just remembered that. The other one was her first dog. And we started talking to the soles of her feet as we were doing functional movement patterns, like just how the feet were supposed to move. And lo and behold, I have to edit a bit. Snip, snip. You don't need to know the rest. I'll plop in at the end of the story. The rest is mystical and magical. She got off the table and walked out straight
0: with no gait. this much. So a tiny bit,
1: tiny bit more freedom than she had had in years. And since that day, and if you are my client, you will say, oh yeah, she really does this. We talk to our feet. We love our feet. We massage our feet. We work on articulation. That's what it's called. Your toes is articulating words are magical words and body are magical. We articulate through the feet. We stretch them. We love them. We thank them. Because think about it. Your feet are in shoes the majority of the day. Very rarely. How many people are extremely comfortable walking through sand or walking through mud or walking outside in wet grass? Most of us don't. So most of us have lived ungrounded for the majority of our days. Oh, true. For the majority of our life. I don't like people touching my feet. Great, so I'm going to touch your feet one day and you're going to like it. (laughs) Heck, you're going to like it. Even if I have to put something between me and your feet, you can touch your feet.
0: They're so ticklish. I don't let anybody touch them.
1: Because they're not used to receiving information. They're nerve endings. So there are things you can do. There are things you can do. So, but in short, just to, to tie these back up is both stories is these people are individuals with individual stories, but having a linked human experience, how information gets in the body, how it gets translated, and then how it gets expressed out of the body, whether it's through words, song, or tinkle. Anybody who's ever had a Reiki session or a good acupuncture session knows you run to the bathroom (laughs) after you have had someone work on you. It just, it's how the body filters. That's what the expression is. We're filtering something through us. Words are funny.
0: It's so interesting. I want to get into the multiple revenue streams in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you with this business, how how do you find your clients or how do they find you? Tell me. Well, it's always
1: good when someone gets a lead in a show, because then I'll get a couple phone calls. Oh, that's an easy way. Uh, I had a pretty good career as a theater person, so I come with a little bit of clout and trust, and I'm still a really good performer. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I keep my skills up. I'm a good actress, a good singer, and I'm a good dancer. Do you so, still
0: practice yeah. acting?
1: Every day. I'm acting right now.
0: Are you hired as a professional actor?
1: I'm not interested.
0: You're not, you're so, not doing that right now.
1: Because okay. yeah, that's, I'm not my boss.
0: True. I'm a creative. So
1: when I work for other people, I love the creative aspects. I get very bored in the performance.
0: Okay. Let's talk about your love museum that you're starting. Now, I know you mentioned that you're starting a website, but let's tell people really what that's about and why you started that and what you've had to do in order to start it. And maybe you can tell us as far as revenue, have you had to put out a lot of revenue
1: We're really at the beginning of the journey, and it's already been a journey. It has been a crazy journey. I'm going to start with it from a personal perspective. So right now, I think that I'm actually, no tongue-in-cheek, literally the love museum, that my body is the brick and mortar, and I am empirically learning how to teach love, how to express love, and how to explain what love is and what love is not through the history of understanding the word love. I think we're in a crossroads right now. I think we're at a pivotal point. How many different ways we're at the apex. We are having a discomfort. We're having an argument with what love is globally. What do we love and what do we want love to look like? How do we wanna give love and how do we wanna receive love? No different than breathing in and out, the exchange. How do we exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide. So I teach this all day, every day. I live it all day, every day. And in a really quirky moment of how Marnie's life works, I said I needed to teach one of my classes being immersed in art of hearts and things that said love because the concept of teaching love is extremely difficult. Sounds so easy. We talk about it all day. We fantasize about it all day. We live in a loved field, consumer love field. I guess we are in a love field. Complete matrix of being filled with loving things. Valentine's Day, birthdays, gifts, presents, rewards. What's self-love? So I'm telling this person, I'm having a hard time teaching love, the embodiment of love. So the body receives love. And she says, it sounds like you're creating the love museum. Well, I am now. And I haven't looked back. So ultimately, when the Love Museum really leaves my body and I'm teaching from a place of knowledge, not a place of research, I have some nepotism and I have some some familial ties in the area. And so I have a big space that is available to me. The Love Museum is a place where we can experientially and interactively learn our human experience with how we come in contact with love and how we come in contact with each other. From the day we hit this earth to the day we move on, beyond, and at the same time, how we connect with the earth and what we want to do with our new understanding of love. It's about unification, unity. It's about acceptance. It's about the life cycle. That is what I believe the Love Museum to be. I have only think I've hit maybe three or four people of the huge vast amount of people that I've asked about the love museum who've said, Ooh, I don't know. I've had a couple say, Ooh, how are you going to do that? And the second we start having a conversation about love, 98% are like, how do I help you? I want to do that too. I know somebody who has beautiful art. The, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's just the timing. It's not just a good product and it's not just a good idea. It's a necessity. And it really is the combination and the synergy and the, the integrate integration of all the little spheres of things that I've been practicing my whole life. I want to benefit. I am guessing you do too.
0: It's wonderful. And you mentioned that it'll be online. And then once you, once you actually have a space, it's, it'll be in Bethesda, Maryland. Is that.
1: We have a space. We okay, have a space right, right now. Um, we're in the building stage of the website. We're at the beginning of the fundraising. I'm slowing us down because the project is so huge, and even if it's really small, it's so powerful, and it has to be done just right. And so I have a lot of people working on the museum, on what it should be, how it should be built, how we ask for bigger funders, mm-hmm. and rather than just little little right. grants favors. And what, what else could it be? I mean, someone brought up saying this is a storefront and I'm like, Ooh, that sounds great.
0: <laughs> right. Part storefront part. Yeah, it, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Our retail is called making love because it's oh, all,
0: well, it's that. it's a
1: 501 C. So right. it's ours. So we're here to give back love. We're making love.
0: I, you guys I, be Sexy
1: and sassy while you're doing good work. Absolutely.
0: Right? That's right. fantastic. I love Isn't it. it? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is perfect. What is one thing that your business venture did that you really didn't expect?
1: All of it. You know what? Again, super personal, but that's what these things are for, right? Right. My understanding of what self-love is and self-respect, biggest reward.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Completely unexpected.
1: Yeah. It's moving me to tears because I'm so happy about it.
0: That's wonderful. And it's nice that you're sharing it with. And soon to be with the world, with the museum, right?
1: It's a Necessity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm also like almost 54, so it could be a little bit of hormones. But now,
0: <laughs> why, why should I? Negate? Why should I? Why should we push that away and not say they're not completely? I mean, everything's blamed on hormones now, so we'll right. just call it that. We'll add that to the list. But it well, is my hope for people
1: is that they can understand how to self love better, so they can love others better. And the more people who love each other, the more people are attracted to understanding what love is and what love isn't. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, I mean, that's the possibilities are endless. So I hope they have their own awakening, where they're like, Oh, I am moved to tears, and I'm not scared of them. That would be a gift.
0: Right. Well, it's the old analogy about when you're in an airplane, you put the mask on yourself first and then help yeah. your child and same yeah. thing with love. You have to love yourself first to love yeah. others. Yeah. Beautiful. We're going to kind of wind down here. I have a few questions for you. What is your favorite app that you use to help you with your business?
1: Venmo. <laughs>
0: okay, fair.
1: <laughs> I, I love seeing, I like seeing the money come in. <laughs> All right. Of course, I have a website, but someone else touches it, not me.
0: Got it. And then do you have a favorite personal development book that you like?
1: I always recommend the same one for a guy, which is uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Power of Now as an entry point. And for people who don't believe in what I do or have no understanding what I do, I suggest Breathe because they can get through it. Yeah. Breath. James Nestor. It's an easy read and it's a little bit of everything about breath work because it's interesting. So I recommend that for me, I am a website girl and a podcast girl. I'm actually very dyslexic and I struggle reading. I can make it through something, but it's, it's a lot of effort. Anything Dr. Andrew Huberman from Stanford, and he talks about pretty much everything that I do from a physiological perspective, but he's, you know, pretty spiritual guy, but his understanding of breath, the brain neuroscience, inner where interfacing happens in the body, how, how we eat optimal performance, how to start it's all there. And I say, if you have the ability to listen to anybody for an hour, listen to him.
0: All right. Thank you. And lastly, where can listeners find you online? I will put this in the show notes, but if you want to just quickly mention like a couple favorite places where people can find you.
1: Well, I'm a, but Facebook, Marnie Ratner, R-A-T-N-E-R, my website, which is Universal Space. And you'll put that in there. Instagram, I talk on Instagram. People contact me directly. I I don't have a lot of following by choice for multiple reasons. And I feel it keeps me very authentic to not. I did a lot of it during COVID out of necessity. And I've really pulled back now that I see people in person and talk Mm -hmm. in person. Yeah. People call me. They really do. I have people reach out via Instagram and Facebook, private message me a lot.
0: Awesome. Well, that's even better because it's personal and Mm -hmm. I love it. Marnie, thanks so much for spending time on the MRS podcast. I wish you a wonderful a wonderful week.
1: Thank you. You too. A wonderful weekend, a wonderful year. And I think things will be looking up for lots of people.
0: Fantastic. Have a great day.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Bye.